Welcome to The Blossom Experiment, a podcast in which we talk about authenticity, intuition, and intuitive living. My intention is to inspire and help you tap into your uniqueness so you can create a life that is meant for you and no one else. With your host, Camille Minerbo. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have part two of our astrology episode, Erin. So if you haven't checked out part one of this episode that I recorded with Bianca. Make sure to check out episode number 81, which will be part one in which we go over all of the basics of astrology, because then in this episode, we actually dive in into more deep way of understanding your astrology. So how you can uncover your authentic self by um, reading your chart, how can you find your purpose by reading your chart, how you can build a more aligned routine, how you can find alignment in your day-to-day, how you can connect with your intuition through your astrological chart. So it's really important that you have the basis of everything, which is in episode number 81. And then come on over and hop on this episode, which is really, really amazing, full of information that really never heard anyone else talk about in astrological terms. So yeah, it's a very practical, very in-depth episode and I'm sure you all love it. So without further ado, let's just dive in. Perfect. I love the explanation of all 12 of them. So I think that now we can talk a little bit about the main, I don't know, expressions of the signs, which would be the sun rising and moon and mm. what each one represents in the in the chart yeah that's a great place to continue on to because i think you know contemporary astrology and like the discourse surrounding it has gotten to a place where like you know it's like what's your sun moon and rising it's not just like oh i'm a this it's like what's your sun moon and rising so mm-hmm. your your sun is strictly based on the date um you were born so the sun in astrology, especially when we look at it in a natal chart, is the person's primary expression. It's their soul. It's their sense of vitality. It's fundamentally who they are. Um, that's how I would describe it, right? We think of like a shining sun. It illuminates. It, 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 it just is, but it expresses in its own way, right? So it's kind of, the primary way our soul expresses itself, you know, that's how I would describe it. Mm, I've also heard that someone recently explaining that our son is also kind of, it's not necessarily who we feel so much we are, but someone that we it's almost like the where we're walking towards, you know, kind of like the sensation of I'm becoming this person. I don't know if that is how you interpret it, because um, this is something that I kind of debate a lot. And we're going to talk about the rising, the moon and things like that. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people, they read about their signs and they don't feel their signs, you yeah. know? Yeah, totally. So I think I don't really think I agree with that, or at least with the way I'm kind of thinking on that. 
I think it depends, right? There are some people that are just like, oh my God, I'm such a Gemini. And they've like felt Mm -hmm. it for the longest time since they've understood what a Gemini is. Then there's other people that are like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Sagittarius, but like, I don't get it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't speak to me. I think everyone has their own journey of like understanding that. I think for me, studying astrology, I, just generally understand myself more and like get why I am the way I am. But I think it for sure has helped me, you know, deepen into the fact that I'm a cancer son. So maybe in that way, it's kind of what you walk towards because you embrace yourself and your soul more, mm. hopefully as you get older, da da da. Right. I don't know. Like that's, that's how I would maybe interpret it. But again, because your chart is composed of like so many different things and you are composed of so many different things. Mm-hmm. I, to me, I think that's a little, it's a little too simple of an explanation. Not that it's necessarily wrong, right? Like whatever really resonates with you, but I think it's a little more nuanced than that. And kind of based on your own journey with like self-acceptance and self-discovery and all that lovely stuff. Do you think it's possible for us to relate shadow work with our the knowingness of our charts? Because I, for example, have been um, rejecting the idea of stability and security for a long time because of my own story with my parents' beliefs and things like that. And I know, however, that that is something that's really core to the Taurus soul, quote-unquote, let's say. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I'm rejecting a part of myself and we know that when we are rejecting a part of ourselves and our souls, we are putting that in our shadow. So I think it's also interesting, maybe there's something to say in how we can identify certain shadow aspects of ourselves by knowing our astrology and then understanding the parts of the signs, you know, that we kind of reject. Yeah, because I think like on a really basic way, in a really basic way, like if we have dominant like um, signs in our chart, like so for you, you have a lot of Taurus energy, right? Um, Yeah, you literally have four things in Taurus. Um, (laughs) Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. Three, 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 three. Sorry about that. Um, Your Mercury is actually in Gemini which Mm. I love that for you as a podcaster. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So I think what can happen, I don't know. Like, for example, if we were, if you as a little Taurus being was maybe like, you know, shamed in some way for being lazy or slower Mm. or whatever compared to your family, because I think you have mentioned your family is a bunch of like generators and maybe MGs Mm -hmm. and you're the only projector. Mm -hmm. So obviously Mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of relating this a bit to um, human design, but you know, it's all interconnected. Right. So obviously like if you're receiving that as a young, at a young age, even if your parents or family had the best intentions, you're like, Oh, it's wrong for me to like go at my pace. It's like not good that I want to rest more than the rest of my family. So boom, that gets put into like what we're rejecting and our, and our shadow. Right. So it's very complex. Like I wouldn't say it's a one size fits all thing for anyone. Like, Oh, Mm. this is how your shadow is coming up Mm -hmm. in your, in your chart. Um, but just knowing a little bit about you, like I could, I could say that. Um, yeah, I think 
also, you know, because the 12th house has to do with kind of like hidden things, there could be something there. If we have planets there, um, some clues. Um, I think also like Pluto as a planet can be really about like what's beneath the surface and what, what's we can, you know, kind of uncover within ourselves. I think it really depends on the person. And to be honest, for a question like this, I'd want to like, you know, really mm. get into it with someone one-on-one. Um, but I, but I think we kind of gave some places to start. I think, I think it's just interesting seeing the correspondence and the influence, right? Like, I like how we keep talking about this word influence and yeah, there's no, there's no, like, to me, at least in my experience, in my study, there's no like easy answer. There are some areas that might, um, kind of come up, um, you know, based on, based on how you're thinking about it or like, you know, you know, this thing is a part of your shadow. Okay. How does that relate to certain like planetary energies or archetypes or whatever? Like, you know, is it about an area of life? Is it a, so therefore does it correspond with a house? Like things like that, like looking at it in a very like layered way. Um, but I think to be honest, to go really deep with it, um, unless you're already like a seasoned astrologer is to like, um, really work with someone. And to be honest, like, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily in my practice relate like shadow work and astrology. There's obviously a connection there. I think like the eighth house can also tell us things too, because it's about like taboo stuff. Um, but for me and how I do astrology, it's very much like individual, right? Yeah. Yeah. The reason why I'm asking this question is because I know a lot of people who either don't feel like they're signs or they don't feel like either like when they hear the rising and the moon and everything, they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. And yeah. I myself, I have that experience a lot and just trying to understand um, like what's the, um, what is it really authentic quote unquote of me not feeling this or where is it that I'm rejecting a part of my authenticity because of certain things, you know? So mm. So that's just, and I know a lot of other people who are like that as well, who who they don't, either they don't feel like their signs and their moon and their rising, or it's also a question of, don't we, do we not feel it or do we reject it? Yeah, that's a really amazing, like deep question. That's like, (laughs) wow. Like my mind, my mind is blown just from the question. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like let's unpack that for a second. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's, you know, okay. I'll give myself as an example, just cause this might, you might somehow relate to it. You might get a little tidbit from it. So I'm a cancer sun, Virgo moon, Aquarius rising. Mm. You know, if I, if we're talking and you know, it's like, Oh, Bianca's a cancer. You must be really emotional. You must be really in touch with your feelings. You know, you must really like feel stuff. You must really like express your emotions when they come up. Maybe not, (laughs) maybe not, you know, (laughs) and this is, this is something I've really noticed about myself in the past couple of years. And in my experience, I think it relates to the, the other two things in my big three, right? So yes, I'm a cancer son. Obviously I'm a very sensitive, emotional person in my own way. 
But with my Virgo moon, right? The moon sign is how you process emotions, your kind of internal world, what makes you Mm. feel safe. My moon is in Virgo. (laughs) Mm. Do we think that Virgo is like the most emotionally expressive sign? No. Like, at least in my experience, no. It wants to almost like organize emotions, like make things Mm. make sense, like, you know, apply logic to emotions. And then on top of that, I have my Aquarius rising, which like a lot of the times is like, fuck this, like F this, Mm -hmm. like who cares? You know what I mean? Like the Aquarius is just like, girl, bye. Like what? You know, Mm -hmm. I don't care. So, you know, even just from knowing your big three, you can see like the interplay with things like that. And you can kind of, you know, with understanding the archetypes, you can like find your own like stories about things. So like, to me, that partially explains why I'm not always the most emotionally expressive person, even though I'm a cancer son. And so for the longest time, it was something I suppressed in terms of like being able to healthily express my emotions to myself and also to other people. So I do believe like that's fundamentally part of me, but it was kind of hidden and I kind of rejected it in some ways because, you know, Virgo is ruled by Mercury. Aquarius is an air sign. So this is like, I'm trying to, you know, that was a more intellectual way of processing things. Like my moon and my rising wants to process things in a more intellectual and practical way. So of Mm -hmm. course it might not be, second nature for me to just like cry, you know, like mm-hmm. even to myself, like I'm like, ugh, ugh, ugh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But then do you think that w- you were being authentically you when you were doing the analytical thing, because that's a part of you. It's a part of how you, your chart expresses, or do you believe that now, like when you go get closer to the sun, you are being more authentic? What do you think is the, or both? Mm, yeah. I think in some ways, astrology in general is kind of learning how to integrate literally like all the 12 signs mm. and archetypes within you. So, you know, whatever my perfectionist or like my Virgo side of me is like how the percentage and like, how would it work with what I, what are you having? No, no, Mm -hmm. no. But it's just about like, you know, what, what is the most like authentic or integrated way to like come to this moment, whatever it is. So in the example of like not processing my emotions in a way that was healthy in the past, even as a kid, like, I don't know what it was about me. I was so serious as a kid. Like I was so Mm -hmm. serious. I took myself more seriously than I take myself now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine that a kid that takes themselves really seriously might feel really bad or weird about like having normal emotions, especially when they're quote unquote negative. Right. So like that's, that's part of the narrative for me. So now I understand because I have, because what I'm used to is this more like, detached or analytical or whatever way of processing my emotions, I might need to lean more into the wateriness of being a cancer Mm. son and, and not like, you know, get into my mind too much. Right. So it's like, how can things come into balance? We can also think of this on the level of the elements in our chart, right? Like there's four elements 
there's there's earth, fire, water, and air, right? If I'm too airy and earthy, maybe in general, or maybe when it comes to my emotions, maybe I need to bring more fire even and water into it. So the water is, is the really feeling into it, is the trusting, is the surrendering, is the letting it flow. And the fire is the doing it. The fire mm-hmm. is the, like, maybe I need to laugh a lot. Maybe I need to like let myself like scream into a pillow, you know, like just doing it, just like letting the action happen. Right. So it's like thinking about that also. Mm. I hope that answers yeah. the question. <laughs> no, yeah, that did, that did, that did. Yeah, because sometimes I keep thinking to myself, like, um, I can, I have to be more my son. I have to be more my my son, my yeah. son, my like. I have to be more Taurus. I have to be more Taurus. And sometimes that's not really what is my authenticity. You know, like I've been traveling yeah. for the past years and a half, and at every decision that I made was from my intuition was really authentic to me. And it was really not Taurinian of <laughs> really not like that, you know, Taurus of me. So quote unquote, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of have this more um, less cookie cutter approach. You know, I think that's really, really important. So let's just, because you mentioned a little bit about what the moon is, but then ju- let's just talk a, uh, a little bit about the rising and the moon and then we can. Yeah. I just want to say, w- like, respond to what you just said, because I think it could be helpful for people. So, yeah. So you were, you were talking about like following your authenticity and maybe it not feeling particularly like Taurus or Taurian or whatever you want to say. But like me from the outside looking in, I still think, in my opinion, that you have your own like Taurian way of doing things. Like mm-hmm. I think, you know, you always like put together your clothes in a really beautiful way. You know, when you take photos of yourself, you think about the aesthetics of them. You don't just like slap up whatever grainy thing, <laughs> you know? And like, and I think also, you know, you really, you enjoy like the food where you are and you like to take pictures of it and da da da. So, mm, you know, like, I think it's also about like giving ourselves some credit, right? Because we might be holding up this like ideal of what, what it means to be a Taurus is, but like, you're going to always do it in your own special way, right? Like, just based on who you are, based on what's, you know, right and authentic for you in the moment and whatever else, right? Whatever else is in the mix. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So rising and rising signs. Let's do it. Okay. So your rising sign is based on the exact time you were born Rising signs change every two hours. So that's why it's really important to get that exact, exact birth time. And it's going to change other things in your chart too. But so the rising sign is like, so it's where it's what constellation was on like the Eastern horizon when you were born. So like where the sun was rising, where you were born, we can kind of say. So to me, it's really like the window to someone's soul, the window to the Mm -hmm. essence. Like it's a really good like way to think about it as the window. So for example, Camille is, um, Camille's a a cancer rising. I might not even think of her as a Taurus when I first meet her, right? Like often the, um, rising sign can really be a lot about first impressions. So it's like my initial impression of Kemi might be, oh, she's like a really like sweet person. Like I can tell she really cares. I can tell she's maybe, you know, really sensitive. 
for example, right? Like it's the window to your soul. It's also the window and the perspective through which you see things, right? Mm. You probably see things in a very cancery way sometimes. You know, you really feel into things like intuition is important mm-hmm. to you, flow mm-hmm. is important to you. Um nurturing yourself in your own way and you know the people around you is very important to you. So it's like the the window I think is just the best way to explain it because it's like you're looking through the window but then other people are looking through the window, mm. right? You've got a cancer window. I have an Aquarius window. Mine's going to be different than yours. Um I think that's to me that's the best metaphor and explanation for the rising sign because I think it can be I don't know, if you say it's like just your personality, for sure it is a lot about your personality. But I think the window is a bit more nuanced. Interesting. Love it. And then the moon? We can I just go over it again. Yeah, yeah. Just go over it again. Exactly. So the moon is... The moon is more your internal self, right? It's more this like yin energy, this reflective energy. It's your emotions and how you process them, how you tend to express them. Um, and also like what makes you feel safe. So I love looking at people's moon sign to kind of have a hint as to what makes them feel like safe and secure. You and I are both like earth moon signs. So I'm speaking for myself. You can tell me if you agree, like I need things to feel right in my material surroundings, you know, like I need to feel grounded in one way or another, you know, like I can't just be like, high in the sky when it comes to like feeling safe you know i can't just imagine i'm safe like i need some concrete evidence that i'm safe if that makes sense Mm, yeah yeah in my case it's really interesting because the first few astrologers there that read my chart so i was born with my moon almost going from taurus almost going into gemini so i have a few astrologers that actually um interpret my because they said that the like the second year of my life it was already gemini because it um rotates right so Mm -hmm. they said basically that it's um a lot of them read it and interpreted it as if i already had a moon uh, a gemini moon Mm -hmm. so and when they explain it for me it makes a lot of sense. I feel like I kind of like grew into my Gemini moon and that is really has impacted my communication, you know, like how outgoing I am, my extroverted side. So I feel really in touch with the Gemini moon instead of the Taurus moon. Taurus moon. Interesting. So the way I would interpret it is, so I see your moon as being in 29 degrees of Taurus, right? So it's the last degree of Taurus. And in a lot of different types of astrology, you look at like the degrees are really special. And I haven't studied that in depth, but the 29th degree is very important. And I see Mm. 29th degrees as being like very critical. And it's almost like, to me, you need to learn the lessons of that, of that planet and of that, um, sign energy in this lifetime. Like it's, it's very critical that you do it. Cause it's like, okay, we're in the 29th degree. This is the 11th hour. Like, mm. hello. So that's my interpretation of it. You know, people will see it. will see it differently. Um, you know, you are very Gemini because you have your Mercury and 
Venus in Gemini, right? So Mercury is our mental processes, how we communicate, how our mind works in general. And then Venus is how we relate to other people, what we want in relationship, our values and our relationship to money. So, you know, Mercury and Venus stuff is like a huge part of who you are, right? They're very personal planets. So I think even just having those in Gemini can make you really identify with that Gemini energy. Not not to say that it's in totally invalid for you to like think about your moon also being in Gemini, but to me I would say there's something to learn mm. from a moon in Taurus, right? Because also as a Cancer rising, your chart ruler is the moon. So your moon is actually very important. So you know, to be honest, it's kind of up to you whether or not you want to think of yourself as a Taurus moon or a Gemini moon. In my opinion, you're a Taurus moon, but you know, we have differences in the way astrologers interpret things. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> that is such an interesting perspective. I had never heard about the like, it's the 11th hour, like learn something about this. But yeah, I, I feel like there's a common theme in my life, especially with the projector thing with Taurian kind of like grounded, um, pleasure, rest, slow stuff that yeah. I came into this earth kind of like with the conditioning of the opposite and I keep rejecting it constantly and I feel like it's almost the universe telling me like oh my god just like sleep into your Taurian projector self and just you know chill out a little bit but it's really interesting I really like that mm. that um, interpretation so now that we covered roughly all of the planets for like one hour and a half into this podcast, of course. Um, but yeah, so I what I really liked about what you were saying, actually, with like, uh, I don't like I tell you, like, I feel very Gemini, you know, because I know a lot of people who were hearing uh, the explanation that you gave about the the signs and they were maybe thinking to themselves like, OK, I'm a sun this, I'm a rising that, I'm a, I'm a moon, whatever. However, I really feel like this random sign that i don't have neither of the big threes or something like that so this might be one of the reasons so the amount of planets that you have in a in a in a specific sign might be one of the reasons why you feel so much that specific influence of that specific sign so i really like that because i think it may be responds to a lot of why people don't feel like they're either their signs or their big three so i think that's Mm -hmm. very, very important so one thing that I wanted to move into, we talked a little bit about authenticity and this is like the huge theme of the po- the podcast, authenticity and intuition and things like that. I just wanted to quickly, we talked a little bit about this already, but just in terms of if someone is looking for a tool in which they can use in an actionable way to kind of get in closer alignment with their authenticity or even with their soul you know like their highest version of self the expression Mm -hmm. of their highest version of self what would be some of the aspects of their natal chart that you would refer them to Mm -hmm. so one thing i love working with with clients um because a lot of people come to me that are like i don't know what my purpose is in life can you help me with that like i you know i'm Mm -hmm. feeling confused about things i love looking at the lunar nodes so this is the north node and the south node these are not planets these are based on where 
the eclipses were the year you were born. And so they're, they're kind of, they're just mathematical points. They're not planets. Um, and the North node really represents where your soul wants to go in this lifetime. Your South node is where you may have been in past lives, you know, conditioning around certain things and the patterns that you might get stuck in. So, yeah. So it's a little more advanced than just your sun, moon and rising, but it can be really powerful to understand your North and South nodes, the sign that they're in and also the house that they're in. Cause that can tell you a lot about what you might get stuck in, you know, what you ultimately have to let go of in some ways and what you're meant to move towards. I think, you know, it's always nice to go back to the basics, but if you're someone that is already pretty well acquainted with your sun, moon and rising, or even your Mercury, even your Mars, even your Venus, whatever, to look at your North and South nodes is super, super powerful. That is like, yeah, especially when a client comes to me with like life purpose, I'm lost. I don't know. North node, what's happening with the North node, you know, like where is it? What sign is it in? You know, let's, let's look at that because in a lot of ways that is your North star. The rest of your chart is like who you fundamentally are. The North node is what you're meant to move towards, what your soul is craving in this lifetime. Mm, and how do they find this on their NATO chart? Is it like a specific symbol or? So, yeah, it's a symbol that, how do I describe it? Okay, so the, the North Node is, they both look like horseshoes, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they both look a little <laughs> bit like horseshoes with like circles at the end. It's a bit hard. I'm trying to describe it well for the people that are only listening. Yeah. Um, the North node has the bottom of the horseshoe, like the curve up mm. and then like the rest of it down. I guess you would say that's an upside down horseshoe. And then the South node is a right side up horseshoe. Um, yeah, feel, feel free to DM me if you're confused, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm at Life Forces and God Instagram. Anyway, it's a bit hard to describe. Um, but when you look up, I will recommend a I might have to make like a separate post to explain this. But anyway, if you Google North and South node, that can help you. But I maybe it's good if I um kind of make an addendum. But anyway, you won't always find it when you're looking on a regular natal chart. I don't, I haven't looked at CoStar in years because I don't like that. That's a (laughs) side note. I don't like CoStar too much. I don't recommend it as an astrologer, but um, so a lot of times it's not on your, your regular natal chart. So there's ways to specifically look it up. I would say the easiest thing to do if you're new to astrology, literally Google, how do I find my North and South node? Unless I make a little blog post on it and then you you could check my website, but for now, let's just do that. But, um, yeah. So anyway, I digress. We don't need to talk about the details of that, but Kemi, if you want, I'm happy to tell you about your North and South nodes. I'm really happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, so Kemi, your North node is in 
Scorpio. So what you're moving towards is a more Scorpio mode of things. And your south node, which is what, which is like patterns you can get stuck in or stuff from past life or conditioning and stuff like that is actually in Taurus. So oh I want to put a disclaimer here. I want to put a disclaimer here. We're never going to fully abandon or fully let go of our south node. And that is okay. It's just important that we don't get stuck in it, that we let ourselves evolve into the North node stuff. The North and South node are always in directly opposite signs. So Taurus is the complete opposite sign to Scorpio, just to be clear on that. So what this can look like is, I mean, so your, your South node is also very close to your sun and moon. Mm -hmm. So these are things that are very familiar to you, right? And that's, and that's totally fine. And your South node is also in the 11th house of like groups and community and whatever. So it's not that, you know, you can't ever, you can't be grounded in your community. That's bad for you, whatever. No, we're not saying that. It's just that, you know, it could be like, have you been in dynamics where you're too much in the group thing and not enough in your own creative expression because then we go to the fifth house where your north node is which is about creative expression and scorpio is about depth so it's like if i'm speaking very generally your kind of destiny and what your soul wants in this lifetime is very deep emotional intuitive creative expression and also like fun you know what i mean um whereas the south node to me i could see like get very stuck in like a kind of stubbornness, you know, a stubbornness and feeling like you have to belong in a certain way. But your Scorpio North Node is like, no, I have to do my own thing in my own like deep way that might like bring certain things to the surface, right? Is that landing? That makes, Tell me about it. Of course, of course, of course. This is... <laughs> This is, yeah, I feel like, you know, after I was rock bottomed in 2019, which I thought was the beginning of my solar uh, Saturn return, but apparently it's not. We all discovered this together here today. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's this big theme in my life of feeling like I have always had to fit inside of a mode and I've always, you know, have to do things in a certain way, like have this, you know, like cookie cutter life. And I think that in 2019, I was really like, no, fuck this. I'm just going to go. That's when I, where I, when I started traveling. It was when the Blossom Experiment began. And I started realizing that the more I followed my intuition, the more I created this unique life for myself. And my big mm -hmm. thing in life with like the Blossom Experiment and everything that I do, all of the courses, of, all of the workshops, everything is to guide people back into their sovereignties. So they are making decisions from their own intuitions and creating their own unique lives instead of being feeling the need to be stuck in the in their own cookie cutter so i can see that a lot and i can also see how there's a part of myself that is afraid of like the solitude that exists in the scorpio whatever like profoundness mm -hmm. and how yeah. sometimes not everyone will agree with me and not everyone will accompany me in this journey and how you know i have to kind of let go of of the need to be in those in those groups so mm -hmm. yeah i feel that is a big part of exactly what i started doing 
2019. Like, I feel like that was the beginning of this journey for sure. Mm -hmm. And I, I will say like, you know, Scorpio energy, if we're just looking at, if we're just looking at it on its own, it still, you know, has to do with like sharing things with others, right? Like, um, there's still this like depth of connection with other people with Scorpio. So it's not about being totally isolated, but again, because your North node is in the fifth house, that's very much about like creative expression. And also your um, Scorpio North node is right by Pluto, like a few degrees away from Pluto. So to me, I think a lot of your journey is going to be like really stepping into your power and like being okay with that and being okay with like, you know, bringing up taboos, like talking about taboo things, like getting things up from under the surface. So it's really interesting, but I think you're going to do it in a really, you're going to continue to do it and like develop it more in like a really like creative, interesting, but also playful way. Cause the fifth house is very much about like play and fun and enjoyment. So you're going to like continue to find your way to like mix all those things together. I think. Yeah, because I think that the Taurus thing also brings me the groundiness to spirituality. You know, I don't want it to be something that is like, oh, okay, this is the astrology thing. Okay, what do I do with it? You know, that's yeah. why I really like to ask actionable questions like, what can I see on my chart to bring me closer to this? What can I, no, 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 you know, and yeah. just make it actionable. I think that that is also like my my way of bringing the two together in a way, you know? So that's mm -hmm. really interesting to have someone like to have my chart reflect that back to me. Yeah, totally. Cool. So now that we talked, I love that you talked about purpose as well, because this was one of the questions that I had actually, because I think that, you know, when you get in closer alignment to your authenticity, to your highest self, you are kind of also moving towards your purpose. So I love that you explained that. And, Anyone that's listening, everyone who's listening, you should definitely go and ask Bianca for a consultation and, and do like a reading with her because I'm sure it will be as half, half as amazing as this, like more than amazing of this five minutes that we just had of you like interpreting mine. So for sure, you should do that instead of just Googling a blog post. You should just yeah, hire totally, me. Totally, totally. <laughs> and I think, and I think I also wanted to say I got this like intuitive hit before we recorded because I'm not really um, offering one-off consultations at the moment, but I got this intuitive hit to offer only your listeners Oh, wow. Okay. For a limited time, like one-off readings. So I'll make you a link, Kemi, that you could put in the show notes. I think okay. <laughs> if, if that's all right, or, you know, we'll find a way to like communicate it clearly. But I don't know. I just had this feeling that I needed to offer that specifically to your community or to the people that are listening to this podcast. Cause, um, yeah, sorry. We're going into human design. Sorry, guys, tangent, but Kemi and I are both. <laughs> are both two fours. And what I've come to learn about that um, is, you know, we have this more like hermity side that wants to be alone, but then we have this side that like wants to be part of the community. And I think part of like dancing with the nuance of that is to, you know, bring your community into like certain things and not always share everything with everyone. If that makes sense. I don't know if you resonate mm. with that, but that's something I've been thinking about a lot. So yeah. And I'm kind of experimenting with it. So, you know, yeah. Blossom experiment, people, anyone listening to this, 
You're I invited. love it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You're invited. I love it. Yeah. And now that we talked about authentic self and things like that, um, how do we, I don't know if astrology has this, because I know one thing that I love about human design and that we talked on the podcast in the other episode was that it's very actionable in terms of how you can connect your intuition. You know, you look at your authority, you're like, I'm emotional authority that my intuition normally expresses to me in this way. So I, I'm, I'm just wondering if astrology has some kind of um, interpretation or like an actionable way for us to understand what is the way that is the best for us to connect our intuitions to our um yeah mm -hmm. i was i was thinking about this um as soon as you asked me like a couple days ago uh mm. and, and i thought of like a couple different things so you know th this is kind of a complicated thing but like you know i don't know if intuition is necessarily related to the mind You know, like, I think that's a complicated question query for another time. But when I was thinking about the act of kind of receiving intuitive hits, I was thinking about Mercury, which is about communications, the mind, messages, mm. stuff like that. So I think it could be useful to look at your Mercury sign um, and to see, to, to look at your Mercury planet and to, yeah, the sign of your Mercury planet to see what it is to look at what element it is. So is it earth? Is it fire? Is it water? Is it air? And to, and to look into that. So for example, Camille's is, uh, she's got Mercury in Gemini. So, you know, I, I think of this more like kind of air related intuitive hit. It's just kind of like, maybe things kind of like come in the ether for you in some way. But then I also thought if the rising sign, if we can look at the rising sign as the window, you know, through which people see us, through which, you know, our soul expresses, I think the rising sign has a lot to do with it too. So, you know, Kemi's rising sign is cancer. That's a water sign. So I think you also get those very like emotional, visceral, intuitive hits. So I think... I don't have a clear cut answer again, but I would mm -hmm. look at those two things in your chart. And also, Kemi, you can tell me if that resonates with you. Cause it, it's not something I've thought about in this way before, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause yeah, I do feel uh, my intuition a lot through emotions. It makes me think about uh, the moon, like in, in regards to, you know, how do you sense things and everything? Mm. But because I, my intuition is very like, I was gonna say sensual, but like very, <laughs> like you know, like feels things emotional. I don't know. So, but I would say that my intuition would be would be very cancerian. Cancerian. Mm. <laughs> cancerian. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. that's interesting. I I wanna maybe test this more with like clients or other people. Yeah. You know, to see to see if we can relate your the rising sign to someone's like how they would describe their intuition. Um, What for you do you feel like? Do you feel like it would be Aquarian? I think it's a common. I think it's a combination of things, and I can see the Aquarian stuff because if I'm really thinking about it, it's it it is sometimes that things just kind of like pop into my head. Mm. You know what I mean? I I I am. I do consider myself a sensitive person in a lot of ways, but I think intuition specifically, it's just kind of like 
where the hell did that come from? You know, it's like mm-hmm. really whoop, yeah. just there. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. And for us to wrap up, I wanted to ask you this last question. What is, um, so someone, I, I can imagine like someone, you know, like having their, uh, their NATO chart in their, their hands. Hopefully they have, you know, been able to interpret and understand some parts of themselves, their authentic selves. Maybe they're thinking, starting to think about their intuitions and things like that. But what are some actionable, um, steps like in your daily life that you can bring like how can I use astrology to bring alignment into my daily life you know like what are some of the readings that I can do like interpretations that I could do in my astrological chart for example I'm a Taurus I would really benefit from a routine or I don't know something like mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. so what are some of the ways that we can use astrology to create alignment in our day-to-day life yeah I want to get a little, a little bit specific with this. I hope it's not like too complicated for anyone, but I would say, for example, if you feel like you're struggling with taking action specifically, I would look at your Mars, which is the planet that is all about action, right? So I would look at it in a very specific way. You know, if I want to connect more to my soul and my, you know, fundamental expression, I would look at my son. If I want to connect more to my emotions, to my feeling self, maybe even to my intuition, I would look at my moon. You know, if I, if I feel like I want more of a sense of safety in my day-to-day life in a, in a very like real authentic way, I would also look at my moon. If I feel like I could be a better communicator, if that's something I want to improve, or if I want to like sharpen my mind in one way in a, one way or another, I would look at my mercury, right? So I would kind of address it that way. Like that's what came to me when you asked me that question. But I would just say, you know, I think with a lot of these kind of modalities that are maybe more esoteric to just trust how you learn about it and the, like how you learn about it, the way in which you learn about it, how the information comes to you and don't really overthink it. Like, don't think it need, I have to learn it in this order or that order. You know, if it makes sense to you, if you're getting it, if you're feeling it, that's cool. And just kind of like go from there. Like maybe you become like obsessed with learning about the moon or about the lunar nodes or whatever it is. Like just, you know, just go for it. Just like, let it come to you. I think. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. I still have so many questions, but I'm just going to leave it at this. Because <laughs> we have like two hours of recording already, of course, because we just talk a lot. I'm not sure if I'm going to split this one up or not. So I think I'm just going to leave it. I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'll figure it out. You do what you want. You do you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> but Bianca, thank you so much for your wisdom. I'm always so impressed by how much information a tiny human holds in <laughs> their brains. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the depth of your being oh you don't have this Scorpio, but like you do have because we're all the 12 we're the all, mm-hmm. we're all of the 12 signs so yeah no thank you so much as always for your presence your wisdom your energy it was really really amazing i still want to record another one because i already had another idea but we're gonna talk it off air in the green room which we know now why it's called the green room but Ooh. yeah do you just before we wrap up do you just want to tell us a little bit about how people can find you where they can connect with you of course all of the information will be on the show notes but if you just want to yeah plug it in 
Plug it in, plug it in. Thank you, Kemi, for everything you just said. I really love this conversation. You're such an amazing interviewer, podcaster, conversationalist. <laughs> it was great. I felt like we went really deep and yeah, I don't even know where some of that information came from, but I guess I know it. Um, yeah, you but do. Yeah, you can, you can find me, uh, at Life Forces Inc., Life Forces INC on TikTok and Instagram, lifeforcesinc.com. All the updates will be there. I also have a podcast, Life Forces podcast, uh, that will be starting up again very soon for season two. Um, and lots of new stuff coming up that I'm still churning in my head. But as I said, for any listener to this podcast, for I would say until the end of October, let's say that to be safe, we can organize a one-on-one in-depth astrology reading. And we will have the details of that in a link in the show notes. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Bianca, thank you so much. And yeah, everything is on the show notes as always. And if you want to connect with us, just you know, go message us. We are really nice people who really love to talk, <laughs> as you can see. But <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed part two as much as you probably enjoyed part one. Make sure to also check out Bianca's offer. So this offer is still standing until the 31st of October. All of the links and details for it are on the show notes. And if you want to connect with Bianca on Instagram and ask her any other questions, her details are also on the show notes for this episode. If you want to connect with me as always, ways you can do so on instagram i would be happy to connect and to answer any of your questions if you want to check out any of my one-on-one coaching programs you can also do so on the show notes for the episode on my website theblossomexperiment.com make sure to share this episode with anyone who might enjoy it who's an astrology fan but they want to dive deeper than just the basics of astrology and also make sure to leave this podcast a five-star review this really helps the discoverability of this podcast and just supports other people on just connecting to their intuition finding their authentic selves and manifesting their authentic and soulful desires and for anyone who's leaving a review i'm actually giving out a meditation a free meditation so make sure to screenshot your review because i can't see it like it's really weird with the review so make sure you screenshot your review and you send it to to the following email blossom experiment at gmail.com blossomexperiment at gmail.com and as soon as you send me your review and a screenshot of your review I'll send over a free meditation for you to connect your intuition and manifest your soulful desires so yeah I'm really excited about this new you know incentive and also to just offer you this little gift from my intuition to your intuition so yeah I hope you create a very beautiful and authentic and intuitive week and i'll catch you on the next episode bye